This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about the power and role of a project manager. As we often like to do, we take situations that are happening in our business or our personal lives or both, and that they're super relevant and timely. And this is a personal one for me because I feel like I've been hit over the head in several instances lately (laughs) with the desperate need for a PM in both my personal and professional life. And for those of you that know me well, I have a feeling this one's going to come as a bit of a shocker, given that my roles in agency life often lived in opposition to the PM role. But stay with me. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. Um, but let us define um, project manager first, um, just so we're all on the same page. So a project manager is in charge of the successful execution of any project. And this means that they manage all the ins and outs. This is all the details, all the deadlines, the team roles, the deliverables, everything related to the structure of a actual project. All right. And they also oversee the project in its entirety to make sure that the flow and execution are on task and on time. And actually, I lived in a different world because at PNG, we needed these people or we would have been like really in big trouble. So. Well, and I think as I've learned, <laughs> I need these people. So yeah. here we go. All right. With that definition, we'll jump into the powerful role of the PM, project manager, and what makes a good one. Number one. And kind of to Anne's point, they ensure someone has eyes on the overall project and every detail. I mentioned in the intro being in so many meetings lately where no one seems to have it all under control. And I leave those meetings every time with an uneasy feeling that nobody's taking the reins. No one's making sure everything that was discussed in the Mm -hmm. meeting is going to happen. There's no summary from those meetings coming back out with action items of who's going to do what. And in those instances, I've been right. Balls are dropped, details are missed, and it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So much so that I was compelled, and Anne endorsed Mm it, to do this episode. Just flowed right from her. (laughs) And I remember, honestly, when the PM role was introduced for the first time in an agency I was working at, and I literally thought to myself, WTF, we have account managers, we have strategists, what in the world do we need these guys for? And then very quickly on the heels of that question... I worried that they were going to suck the life out of the creative work with hours mandates, deliverable dates, and overall lack of understanding because, you know, us agency folks believe what we do is so different from everybody else. And sometimes, truthfully, this did happen. But you know what was worse? No one owning the project, no one taking the reins, and not delivering to clients. Now I have changed my tune quite a bit. And I believe that a good PM is the master of the big picture and the details simultaneously and together. So they understand the business goals and objectives from the very top, but they can quickly translate that into spreadsheets, Gantt charts, lists. See, we should have been kindred spirits from the start Mm -hmm. and checking things off those lists. And they really thrive in making sure that they have things under wraps and feel that their success is really in having a seamless process and execution and or when things go wrong, being able to jump in and quickly change course and correct it. And they take a lot of pride in playing that role within the work. 
And I will admit that early on, I did play this role before it was ever told to me that it was project management or PM or, you know, all of those things. And I have to tell you, I hated it. As much as everyone from the outside thought I was really good at it, I was not. I spent a lot of time sweating. I spent a lot of time <laughs> not sleeping. I spent a lot of time in my spreadsheet, like quadruple checking myself because I would lose track of the line and then I had to go back. I mean, it was just not a good look for me whatsoever. So now I consider this the yin to my yang for sure <laughs> that's kind of funny um yeah because i lived in the world where you, you basically didn't go to the bathroom without checking with the pm to make sure it was on the schedule <laughs> i mean our, our lives were just like totally like just beholden to how this how the schedule operated because if we didn't it would be all over the place mm -hmm. and it and that's you know everybody's like oh my business is very simple i don't need a pm and i'm like you know what Everybody needs somebody that is looking on top of your business to see if everything is being met and delivered on time. Because at the ultimate end, you need to show up well for your clients, your customers, mm -hmm. your consumers. If you're not pulling things together in order to be able to deliver that, you're not going to deliver the business impact that you need and want to have, which then obviously impacts your business growth. So we're talking from you know companies that had very complex um, matrices of lots of work going on, lots of people. And you might think, well, they, have, they need it. I don't need it. I am telling you, you guys, you need this. And if you're trying to do it yourself, then you're going to struggle because you have your other work that you have to do. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to be in your silo, to be in your craft, and then have to rise above it to kind of see how your craft in what your work is doing is impacting everybody else. And yep. frankly, a lot of us in that context don't want to be the bad guy, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to talk about that in a second. So, Yeah, but no, I think that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, somebody has to have that top-level view, as we were saying, and the people that are doing the work can't be the people that are checking the box on everything. I it totally really agree. is two very different roles. So. Yeah, we try to do that and it was miserable. Yeah. Number two, and I'm going to hand this one to Anne, their minds work in highly systematic ways. Yeah, and that's why you want them. Because yeah. a lot of us, when we're trying to do our work, like I said, we're so like in our business that we can't be on our business. And we've said this in a bunch of different contexts, but it also applies here, that your brain can't be processing the things and all the pieces that need to come together and processing the work that you need to deliver. So this person does have this the, the systematic way of approaching it so they can look across everything, right? And then they can create all these tools that will help you facilitate the work, okay? And then the most important thing is that they will be able to then figure out how one thing links to the other, and they can preemptively find out and, and, and call out like any kind of issues that might happen. Yeah. So if one person's going to be late, how does that impact and cascade down the rest of the chain, right? They have all those interlinking things. It is impossible for you guys to be able to process through all of that and everything else that your business has to do. It just is. So really good PMs will understand that. They'll be able to like organize that all into something that you can understand and you can digest that isn't like totally overwhelming. Um, or they'll have different versions of it for you to look at. Like the version that, you know, our, our, our CEOs and our presidents looked at didn't look anything like the version we were looking at. <laughs> right. um, and sometimes that was by design and sometimes that was just out of necessity. Um, but, you know, you need to use them because they do have a skill and they do have a part of their brain that operates very differently from the rest of us who are doing the other work. 
Yeah, and it's highly strategic, too. It is. I think that's the thing that took me a while to really internalize until I really got to know and watch some careers develop from those PMs that just were masters of it. Because Mm -hmm. what happens is, to your point, Anne, whether they're a PM of a department or a project or a set of projects or whatever, if they're really good, they continue to rise through the ranks because Mm -hmm. they can see bigger and bigger picture. And a lot of the best ones I've worked with are now in ops positions in their company at the highest level, where they're helping to better systematize everything that's going on because they have familiarity of and visibility to all the different types of work that then, again, their brains are built for taking that puzzle and saying, okay, how do we optimize, 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 because they understand the business and what's happening. Yeah. Yep. All right. Number three, they're good with people. And this one to me is perhaps the most important soft skill, if we will, (laughs) of the PM. And I alluded to this up front, and I think Lots of folks that I've seen, especially again on the creative side, have resisted having PMs on their team because they're worried, like I was, that they'll cramp their style. But a good PM is also actually a good people person, and they are able to balance the needs and the characteristics and the skills of the people on the teams and layer that into the type of work that needs to be done and when and timelines and all of Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So again, it's just another part of that big overall system. But when done right... Right, those individual people don't actually feel any impact unless they're not delivering, in which case they should feel that impact. Mm -hmm. And they're really able to take in all the players at mass scale, take in their personalities, make people feel heard, and effectively negotiate because they can value exchange on the regular which with each of these individuals. And I have someone near and dear to me, Gina, who is a master at this, and she did exactly what we're talking about. I mean, now she, you know, runs the ins and outs of the organization she's at because she can do this so masterfully. But I mean, watching her work and seeing her brain just like fire, I mean, I would be 50 steps behind and I consider myself a strategist like how did you pull that together and then suddenly we'd have the team we'd have the timeline we'd have who was working on what everybody would be happy and we would just go and do it I mean it is a work of magic And really, that's because they appreciate that everyone has a role to play and they respect the players. And so, again, to that bigger picture, since they understand that, they know where to plug people in and understand where their work goes in order for that consistency of execution to happen. And really, this people-person mentality is based in the culture of the organization and being able to embrace that as the PM and weave that into the way all the work is done. Yeah, and I I call them taskmasters with a soul. It's kind of yeah, how I've yeah. always referred to um, <laughs> really good PMs because they do understand that insight um, into people as individuals. Yeah. And that was super helpful for me when I was running projects because, you know, if, I, if we were trying to kind of figure out where we could carve out, you know, a, a day or two or if this was going to extend, how it was going to affect everything – my PM would know, um, well, you can do that, but you know Joe's not going to get it done in two days, mm-hmm. you know, or um, he, you know, he doesn't, you know, work like that, or maybe so-and-so's out on vacation yep. and they're not going to be able to get it done. So they know all these details. So you're not arbitrarily putting together timelines that are unreasonable and you're not going to be able to deliver upon, right? And so that's yep. a credibility and a reputation and integrity thing. Um, and th- the biggest one that gets people is... Timing, so it's it's so important that you have somebody 
who really understands the people, they understand the dynamic of the team, they understand how the team works together. It's just so critically important. So this shouldn't be an unbiased person who is just like out there looking down and, Mm-mm. you know, and, and reading like that's Taskmaster Fury, right? Yeah. They should be integrated as part of your team because that's the best way they're going to be effective. Absolutely. All right. Number four, they do not let anything get in the way of getting things done. And Yeah. And we talked about that just a, a second ago is that, you know, the tendency or, or the belief is that, you know, PMs kind of come in and their job is to kind of rain holy terror on the team and, and really like beat people into submission to deliver <laughs> against timelines. Um, and, you know, to some extent, yes, that's what they're mm-hmm. there for. And, you know, it's a dirty job and somebody's got to do it. Um, you know, but it's really, really critically important that you have somebody that does that, because like we said, you have this like mentality of, of, of getting your work done, but you also have like multiple different like distractions, which can really drag things down. And this person can be looking at it from the, the more objective point of view. So they don't get dragged necessarily into yeah. the politics of what's going on. Or, you know, um, if they're, if their clients are dragging their feet, they can actually assess that and address it and have something quantifiable yes. for you to show back to say, hey, you dragging your feet is causing this kind of damage yes. to your to your timeline. Is this okay with you? Um, you know, you have a lot of dissension in the ranks with, you know, a lot of conflict or dynamics between the teams. They are very objective in coming in and saying, that's fine, but here's what's happening to your your timeline or here's what's happening to your deliverables. So you guys either, like this actually, I mean, comes from personal, you guys either figure out how to work together and get it done or, you know, this is what's going to happen. And, and people who are focused on the deliverables should be able to clearly then internalize that, understand it, and then be able to realign in order to be able to um, to deliver what they need to deliver on time. So they do add that, you know, that bit of really objective, like just unceremoniously, unapologetic, like data. Yes. You know, that allows people to see like the impact of their choices and decisions. Without that, you could argue forever. It just becomes (laughs) extremely subjective. It's just like, well, you know, and the fingers start pointing and nobody wants to take responsibility, right? This is the best way in order to get everybody on the same page and moving all together down, you know, that that path that you want to go down in order to be able to deliver what you need to deliver for your business. Yeah, totally. And I think to your point about it being a a dirty job, (laughs) I mean, it's not one, like I said, I had it. I didn't like it. It's not one I would ever want to do again. But I mean, the people that love it, again- Like people who like to write patents. I don't get that either. Yeah, but but they love it. And I think to all the points you just made, their role is arguably the most valuable, but often the most undervalued in the organization. And so just remember that. Be kind to your PMs. Yeah, no That's kidding. my PSA for the day. In any case. All right. So just to summarize our four key points. Here are the characteristics of a powerful PM. They ensure someone has eyes on the overall project and every detail. From the strategy at the highest level to the to-do list, they capture it all. Their minds work in highly systematic ways. They are made for this role because their minds process like a machine. Mm -hmm. However, on the other side of that, number three, they are good with people. They are the opposite of robotic in this way. They're human. And number four, they do not let anything get in the way of getting things done, but by bringing people and process together in order to move things forward. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. 
Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. All right, our next segment, In the Trenches, where we give real-world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad applications so any of you listening should be able to digest and put them into action. All right, number one, there are good and bad PMs out there. What are the characteristics of a really good one? And I will take this one. So we've said a lot of this throughout uh, the episode so far, but I do think it's worth putting a very fine point on what you're looking for when it comes to the personal characteristics versus what role they play in the organization. So think about this orientation that way. So number one is they understand the big picture. So they're not just trying to manage all the details, but they understand the details in the context of the overall goal and strategy of the business or whatever project that they are running. And that is very, very important because I can tell you right now, if they can only do the details, that is not going to work for the organization, not even a young PM. They have to understand how it all works together. Number two, they're collaborative. You can't have a lot of ego in this role because PMs that I have seen that have a lot of ego have more of a take control attitude. And that's why some of these stereotypes and things come up. Someone that is a very good PM is the opposite of ego-driven. They know their role is to support the team, and they get fulfillment out of that, and they're quite good at that. Mm -hmm. And that is their ability to bring people together and then assist everyone in collaboration to get to the right solution. Number three, they thrive in the details, and I mean thrive. They can manage them like no other, and they love charts, color coding, lists, checking things off. I mean, I love that to some degree. I have nowhere near the love that I have seen some of these PMs. And like I said, bless them. Living in the details and that many details at one time, I mean, I can feel myself getting anxiety just (laughs) thinking about what that looks like. It is a huge deal, and they love their details. And then finally, that getting things done point from, you know, the four points we talked about before, but knowing how to do this through personality, politics, and adversity in the organization, that is really what we're talking about here. So it's not bulldozing through. It's not someone who only has their eye on the things they have to check off their list. It's making sure that everyone and everything is coming along so that success actually means everyone feels good about the outcomes and it's done to the best of everyone's ability. Not that just the whole list of things got checked off and the project's over. Yeah. And my only build there is that they ask lots of questions. Yes. Yes. You yes. know, and really, really, good, really good questions of being able to understand like how things interact. And I know that can get super annoying for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but you need to answer their questions. It's you're doing yourself a favor by spending the time and addressing all the questions that they have. So they're going to ask a ton because they need to understand the details. They need to understand mm-hmm. how everything is going to interact so they can do the best job for you. Well, and sometimes too, and this took me a while to the point of questions to really understand is sometimes they're asking to see if it's known yet. 
Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times some questions would come up in meetings and then the PM would go and find that information. But they were really just trying to see, like, do you have the specs for the postcard or do you know how many of them we need or when do they need printed by or are we doing multiple versions? Like that was stuff that they could go right to the client or the team in total and find out. They weren't asking you to, like you said, be annoying. They were right. kind of proactively asking so they knew where they could fill in their role if they needed to or get the quick information if it was in the room yeah agreed yep all right number two we have a pm on the team that just does not play well with others what do you suggest ann <laughs> well you know what this is where you know you kind of have to decide um are you just upset because they're calling you out <laughs> or are they really not playing well with others so uh, i'm going to answer this question from both sides <laughs> <laughs> so if they're just calling you out, you need to really understand first, have you given them a really clear description of what they're supposed to go do? Are you answering their questions? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are they clear on their role? Do they have enough understanding of the dynamics of, of what's going on to be able to do the job that they needed to go do? So you need to set them up for success. If you haven't done that, then that is shame on you, right? If they know all that and they have become like, you know, the little dictator is like <laughs> April was uh, was worried about um, in, in the agency world, then that becomes a culture play. Right. Yeah. So you have to really like bring them in and help them understand the culture for which um, the team is activating. OK. And that and let them know and give them feedback that their approach, maybe it's a little um, harsh or maybe it's a little abrupt or, you know, maybe they need to have a little bit of like a softer side when they kind of tell somebody or calling them, you know, calling somebody out because it. It, it um, hurts p- people's feelings or it, it makes them feel very defensive, all right? So those, all those things can, you know, happen a lot, which can tend to shut some people down. It can um, overwhelm them. It could make them feel sh- ashamed that they're not holding up their part. And if that's some of the dynamics going on, then you're going to need to work with your PM and really help them figure out how to address their personal brand, frankly, in order to be more effective in helping the team really move towards um, the business goals overall. So help that person understand that. Give them a little bit of a roadmap. Give them some things to work on so that they're very clear that, hey, I'm very specific act actions and very specific behaviors that you want to see so that they can actually work on that and, and you can have conversations about that so that they have that feedback and they can adjust. Yeah, and I, I would say too um... – be mindful of whatever level or role they play in the organization, too. So we talked about different levels of PM throughout this episode. And I think, you know, some of the mistakes that I often saw, and I mean, this tends to be an agency thing, right? We see a new department or a new group mm-hmm. showing up in other agencies, and and then you want to put it into yours. And that happened with the, the PM team at one of the agencies where I was working. And I think we did ourselves no favors because the the person hired to run that team was coming from a totally different environment. And I don't think we did a good job of educating that person on, well, one, the culture of the agency, but two, the expectations of the role to the point you just yeah. made, Anne. Like, okay, we want PM, yes, but it's in this definition and it's in this culture of our organization. And so I think we thought, because we liked the person, that it was going to just work great. And and the work really didn't happen. And then suddenly, you know, we had a whole team of PMs 
And the ones that worked most effectively were the ones that were serving more of like an account manager role or were a digital account manager, something that was more technical in nature. And they transitioned to the PM team. Those were the ones that worked great mm. because they already understood the organization. They understood how to work in the culture. They were actually quite good and quite effective just in general. And so then you had this huge disconnect because it was like the five or six people that came in, including the leader, we had two or three that were part of the existing organization. I mean, I think about that all the time and just the disparity in the way that that was not very effective. And unfortunately, it hurt the culture overall. And I really do think it was the organization's fault because we assumed a lot of things and it just didn't come to fruition. So. Yeah, and that reminds me of another point that I um, wanted to make, and that is um, administrators are not PMs. Yes, really um, good point. Yeah, because yeah. – and, and that's a mistake a lot of people make too is they're like, oh, I have my, this administrator. I'll make them my PM. Mm -hmm. like, it, a PM is a specific skill set of all those things that we mentioned about being able to process and systematize things in ways like nobody else can. Yep. Don't expect your administrator, who is also planning everything else, managing your schedule, mm -hmm. you know, whatever else you have that person doing, is going to be able to have to be able to, first of all, take this on and two, has that skill set to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So we see that happen a lot is that people make that mistake of just like nominating a person. It's usually administrators say, oh, you get to be our PM and manage that. And that person's like, uh, that's not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. So don't like inadvertently like set up people to fail yeah. um, because you need to hire somebody specifically that can do this job and do this job well. Yeah. And I think that's a totally fair point because I think if the role isn't defined, people get confused, right? Yeah. And so they think, well, it seems like they would do the same things, but administration stays out of the work for a very specific reason, whereas the PM has to understand how the work works in order yeah. to be good at their job. Yep. So I think it's a good point. All right. Number three in the trenches. Give a good and bad example of PM success and failure. So I will go first here. My turn. Okay. <laughs> um, and I will say that a really good one that I reflect on, and, and this is what I think actually proved me wrong about the role of PM, is we had a major, major system at a financial company that we were managing on the CX and digital side, and it was not something that the agency had done before. And actually, we had a relatively new team other than the PM that was going to be managing and working on this. And so the team quadrupled in size for the number of folks we needed. We were dealing with all departments in the client organization, which given the infrastructure and the security needs and all of that, when it comes to the financial sector, it was really a giant undertaking. And I think there were so many places where things could have gone really, really badly. But the things that I admire most about the PM that was on the project were, were he alerted us immediately if something wasn't going to go exactly as planned. He had a solve when he came to us with whatever the situation was, or at least a recommendation of like who could fix it if it wasn't him. He kept a level head throughout the entire process, and there were a lot of hot-headed and <laughs> ego-driven <laughs> folks on that team. And he really drove and kept driving and pushing everybody toward that big picture, picture solution and then parking lot 
thi- putting things in the parking lot that weren't necessary to that launch. And what I mean by that is we uncovered, and we knew this was going to happen, a ton of other issues with the infrastructure, systems, security, all the things that I said along the way that were not part of our project, nor were they our job to solve. They really had very little to what we were putting in place from a CX standpoint. There were things that needed to be addressed, but had we stopped to do that, we would have been stopping all the time and never, ever would have met our deadline. And so... I think back on that and I think about the magnitude and I think about my complete inability (laughs) to have managed that project myself. And I'm just left in awe because that's the epitome of the project manager role in my mind. And I can't remember any instances where shit really hit the fan. Yet there are so many smaller projects and lesser deliverables and instances where you can see the train coming and no one's doing anything where stuff happens and you're like, but it didn't happen with this project. How in the world did it happen over here? And so I just, you know, hats off to that guy. He's amazing. And that project just lives in my head forever as like the example of when it's done well. And then my bad example, I did talk about this a bit. And I do think that it was agency and the people hired. But where things go wrong is where when there's a complete communication breakdown. And I think in the instance that I'm talking about, what happened is we made a decision to have the PM role because we were doing a lot more digital work. And in essence, I think that that was the right solution because there was a lot more technicality to the work that we were doing. But I think what happened is we hired and then just kind of let the team go. And the problem with that was there were structures and processes and charts and graphs and all kinds of things just being put on top of our existing process that didn't work with Mm -hmm. our existing process. And so in that instance, I will say, you know, those, those fears that I mentioned came to life, but really not in the way that they were at all disastrous except for that poor team because we just went about doing the work the way we had been doing because that didn't make any sense to us and we had to deliver for our clients. And so it was like, well, you know, they're over here and they're trying to do this. And and I feel like they were just kind of left to continue to swirl and like figure it out. Well, that didn't work. Now go back. Well, that didn't work. Now go back. When really what we should have been doing was assisting in building the right infrastructure so that the PM department could be successful. And ultimately, we lost pretty much all of those folks. Um, And like I said before, the culture of the organization, I think, was just kind of left confused. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And it it just was sad because I think it could have been a tremendous success. And like I said, it was the same organization. We'd had a lot of success in other instances. And so to me, that's just the me realizing how much power that role can and should have. But when you don't integrate it properly, that's when things just don't go well. And that's true of any department, but true in this instance for sure. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. So I worked with some phenomenal PMs in my 20 years at P&G. So I have a lot of good things I could say in a lot of different circumstances from product launches to, you know, all the way up through all of my communications campaigns and marketing campaigns. But the one like area that just kind of popped into my mind where the um, the PM role w- it was so super critical was 
in the development of our Super Bowl spots mm. because there were so many moving pieces all having to come together in a very short period of time in order to create something that was only going to happen in a very short period of time, yeah. <laughs> right? So There's we, no breaking that deadline. No, yeah, there's no window to move that deadline, right? I mean, the Super Bowl is on that day. You can't move that deadline. And this is when you really, really need a, like, a PM to make sure that you're not missing anything because yeah. everybody is just going just bonkers, just like trying to figure out, okay, how do I get this stuff done? How do I get this stuff done? Again, it's a very siloed environment to some extent until somebody kind of makes sure that the the, the pieces are all connecting. And that's what our, our PM did. And actually, I think the PM in this case was our um, our assistant brand manager. Mm. So he operated as the Interesting. PM. And that happens like several times. Yeah, because the person's actually in the work, but then also managing the work yeah, in order to make sure that in this period of time, everything was coming together. Mm-hmm. So somebody bringing somebody new like an outside PM because a lot of our PMs would come from our manufacturing group our product supply group wouldn't have made it sense because they wouldn't have understand all of the aspects. So we needed somebody who actually understood the work, but then also was able to execute their 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 part of the work within that. And so that person's job was to oversee everything as well as to and that was actually their primary job as well as to assist and making sure all the connections were being made. Hmm. So because of that, that was really enabled everything to kind of come together how it was supposed to come together. Um, it also, and, and this made me think of it when you were t- telling me your last examples, was that it helped to prioritize the work too, because it could feel so overwhelming, especially in those contexts. It's like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, I need to do 10 things now. What do I need to do like right now? Mm-hmm. And that's where I could always count on like the, the PM, in this case, ABM, to be like, okay, what needs to be delivered now? And he looks down, he's like, it needs to be this, mm-hmm. right? We need to get this done by tomorrow. And it's like, all right, so now I know what I need to work on right now. And that really helped to facilitate everything that was going on so that we could bring everything together because we didn't have the luxury of moving the deadline, unfortunately. And so whatever was going to happen was going to happen. It was going to happen on that timing. So, um, and, and that also helps to kind of manage you know, that the, the way that people feel during that time, because yeah. those things can get really intense. And so you're working a lot of hours and you have very short tempers. And, you know, in a lot of cases you feel you're exhausted and everybody's just putting it, everything in that they have to put in. You really need somebody, again, it can be objective, be like, I get it. But if you don't do this and this doesn't happen, you know, you just need somebody that has, like you had said, that calm or that way of just being able to communicate factually this is what's going to happen if those things don't get done. So um, now he was in it as much as all of us were, but he was in it to the extent that his job was to make sure everything kind of came together. So um, that was my good example. Well, and I think we all know those moments of paralysis, right? Like as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking about the high stress moments and the sometimes it really does come down to someone just telling you like, all right, literally this, just do this next. And then do this. Yeah. And then do this. And you get to that point in those high intensity moments. And I think that having that person do that and to your point, do it very objectively and factually, like you call them the data masters, I think before, but like they own the whole map. Right. And they know the map so well that probably a lot of times they don't even have to look at it to know what needs to happen next. But it's like they're just moving the chess pieces on the board to the next spot, knowing that 
this thing has to happen. And, and it's so developed. I think that's the thing I admire the most is it's so detailed and developed that they actually do plan it down to every single little detail and moment in time. So you can trust that if we just keep checking it off in that order, and obviously there's layers and layers of order, right, we'll get to that deadline. And I think um, the other part of that is it's also when we would get stuck in our thing, it's like, I'm working on this. And he's like, that's great, but you also have to do this. Yeah. I can't do that and this at the same time. Well, what do you need? Do you need more money? Do you need more people? Yeah. You don't have any more time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And, no, exactly. Right. And let me and then let me help you facilitate getting whatever support you need in order to make sure that you can deliver these things on the time that timeline that they need to be delivered in order for all these other things to happen. Yeah. And that, that's the other part is moving people around. Like when I did my, huh, when you said the brand manager took over, it does totally make sense in the context of what you're talking about. But then I also think like either clearing the way of other projects mm -hmm. getting out of the way or going and grabbing other people and saying, fine, your stuff can wait or negotiating with the other PMs yep. to borrow time. I mean, all of that is just stuff you don't have the time or the space for if you're responsible, again, for getting that work done. And yep. so sometimes you need that other person to carve the path in a, in the way of either getting you resources or taking stuff off your plate in order to get the stuff done. Yeah, that's sometimes what that, that's what help looks like. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. All right, so my bad example, and I don't have a lot of them to be frankly honest, but um, there was a specific product launch that still kind of resonates in my head because I did work in R&D for um, my first decade. And this was a perfect example, and I think that's why I was so adamant about it earlier, that um, she didn't know the connections, mm, right? Yeah. Did not take the time to understand the connections of if this doesn't go, then this doesn't go. And if this doesn't go, then this doesn't go. And if this is delayed five days, and this is actually going to be delayed 10 days because you need this ahead of that. And, you know, and she just didn't understand the connections. And so she was just managing the chart. Uh, and if you and that's not what a PM does. Nope. And this is why, you know, not saying an admin cannot be a PM. I'm not saying that. But this is what trouble that people get into when they force like admins and especially admins because people think admins can do everything. And yeah. a lot of times they can. But or other people who are not equipped to be able to think about it in this way, they force them to do this job. Yeah. And then it becomes like, well, I'm just managing the chart. Well, the chart says that this and this and this. And I'm like, but it's not connected. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, that's your fault because you didn't tell me that they're connected. And it's like, why didn't you even ask the question? If you even just thought about it for a second, you would have realized that these things are connected. So that was partly the fault of the team. For not educating the person and not taking the time because, again, we're all like moving so, so dang fast that we're all stuck in our little thing and we don't ever feel like we have the time. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, the person should know anyway. Well, how's a person supposed to know? I'm like, mm -hmm. by osmosis, just because they happen to be in the same company or be sitting next to you? No, you have to take the time to educate these your PMs to be able to make like you said, the strategic decisions, or at least have the strategic knowledge to be able to present the decisions to the people that need to make the decision, right? And so that's, again, I think that's a two-way street. And so, she, you know, she was failing because she wasn't educated, but she also wasn't asking the questions in order to understand. She was just managing the chart. Yes. And that's exactly what I mean about the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Mm -hmm. If you're just taking things at face value on the page and you're just looking to check off a list of items, you're not understanding what the overall deliverable is and what the intention is of doing the project in the first place. And then I think the failure in that comes because 
the PM is almost working double duty against the project because you as the person on the team aren't getting the support you need. So you're worried about what's happening around you. You're worried Mm -hmm. about delivering your own work and you're worried about what might be getting messed up while you're trying to do your work because no one has their eyes on that bigger picture. And I feel like those types of situations, and I've been there too, are the ones where I mentioned before seeing the train coming and you're like, I don't even know if we can fix this at this point. Like even Mm -hmm. if we call that big time out, the deadline's here. We have all this stuff left to do. We've missed so many de- or so many of those connection points, rather, that I'm not sure how we get from where we are to there. Then it becomes damage control, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So those are our In the Trenches questions for today. And our third and final segment is typically a real-world example of a brand doing things well or not so well, which, of course, does not really apply here. And we just told our, you know, stories of our war stories in the previous uh, question for good and for bad around the success or failure of project management and the power that that role can have. So instead, we'll remind you of the characteristics of a powerful PM, which are, number one, they ensure someone has eyes on the overall project and every detail. So from the overall strategy to the to-do list or each individual to-do list, they capture it all. Their minds work in highly, highly systematic ways. They're made for the role because their minds process things like a machine does. On the other side, though, they are good with people. So the opposite of robotic, they're actually very human in the way that they interact and lead. They do not let anything get in the way of getting things done. And that's by bringing people and process together to move things along, not bulldozing through. So those are the four characteristics of a powerful PM. And with that, we will say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here, and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.